0: Bryce and Randy and some
1: electric guitar. Bryce and Wren and Cory in the house.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode six of Bryce and Wren and Cory in the house. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 6 of *Cory in the House, Napper's Delight. Uh, I am your co-host, Brace Henderson, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, Renan Fontes. Ren, how's it going? It's going well, Bryce. How are you today? Uh, I am not bad. I had a, a pretty big paper that I made my way through uh, yesterday, and so today I have been able
1: to just kick back and relax for the most part. So I'm doing pretty well. What about yourself? Uh, I worked all day and I Mm -hmm. got to enjoy one of life's little pleasures, watching Corey in the house. (laughs) Yeah.
0: There's nothing better than, uh, than working all day and then getting to come home and, you know, just laugh it up with one, uh, Corey Baxter. So, uh, Overall, I know you and I talked a a tiny, tiny
1: bit um, before we started to record, but you're feeling pretty positive about what you saw. Bryce, I'm going to be honest with you. This was the best episode of Cory in the House Mm -hmm. I've seen so far. And I have a theory about it. I have have a theory that I'll get into as I explain my thoughts at the end of the episode.
0: Okay, and this this is definitely going to be an interesting episode because I did not particularly enjoy this episode. In fact, uh, upon my second rewatch, I uh, ended it and I said, "This is a terrible
1: show." Uh, so I'm genuinely surprised. Yeah, I, I think that we. I have will... to understand where you're coming from, Bryce.
0: Well, we'll we'll talk through the episode, and maybe as as we do so, we'll see uh, we'll see what the other one thought, and maybe we might realize. That the episode really was just bad, Ren. Maybe, maybe we'll realize that
1: together. Bryce, you'll come to the conclusion that you blew your load too early on Boomer. So, I I honestly think that I am in uh like I'm mourning
0: Boomer. <laughs> I do I do sincerely believe that that is no episode that followed last week in my mind, unless it was somehow just as outrageous was going to top Boomer yeah. from
1: last week. You know what I think is happening? I think you have Boomer's remorse. <laughs> you, 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 you paid your, for your $500 bear. <laughs> you, it's not, you know, it, it wasn't what you thought it would be, but now you have to stick with it because you paid for a $500 bear. And I, I I'm I was so high on Boomer last week. I continue
0: to be high on Boomer. I, I actually need to tell you this, Ren. I loved it so much last week that usually I wait to watch Cory in the House. Uh, I watch it through the first time, usually on like Thursday or Friday, like going into the weekend. That way I have some time to think and then on Sunday before we record is when I usually watch it my second time. This past week, I loved Boomer so much and was so excited to dive back into Cory in the House that I watched it um, Monday night.
1: you 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 broke your own rhythm.
0: Yeah, and so I, I watched this episode and just was devastated. I also, before we begin to talk talk about this episode and while we're talking about last week's episode, Rock the Vote, I, was, I found myself on IMDb doing some research for this podcast and decided to look at the user scores on the episodes. I, I hadn't thought to do that. And they all have a pretty consistent like 7.2 to like 7.6 range, except last week's episode, Rock the Vote, has 5.9 out of 10. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. So not everyone who has watched that episode felt nearly as strongly as you or I.
1: Not a big Boomer
0: fan. I guess not. Uh, and so with with this out of the way, are uh, you ready to dive into Napper's Delight? I am ready to dive into Napper's Delight. Great. Uh, I am. I'm looking forward to it. So we open up in what is possibly our shortest cold open yet. And, and may I say my favorite.: Oh, so it was it was uh, brief, but uh, perfect in your mind, maybe for not perfect,
1: it, but Yeah, not perfect. but for me, it kind of evokes that same thing I was talking about last week about how Corey in the house is starting to feel like a real sitcom. Mm-hmm. It was just like a very simple code, cold open. You had like Victor President back and forth, which you'll go into. Yeah, but what I liked was the little moments between Corey and Victor. Just like a nice little reminder that, yeah, they've been playing father and son for like five years at this point.
0: Yeah. That they have, have that dynamic. So uh, we open on Corey in his money pajamas. What a style choice. Wow. And it, it reflects well in the acts that we see Corey commit in this episode. So Corey's in his money pajamas. He is yawning uh, and he's coming out into their uh, little living room area because the hotline is going off the hero ring victor comes as well um, walking over first to the regular phone Corey's like who is calling at this hour and then it's like oh it's the hotline dad this one's on you victor picks it up uh because he explains that the president has been having a hard time sleeping since he's been back from his trip in china uh, picks it up and of course it's happy cheery president martinez asking rude demanding in the middle of the night asking for a pot roast sandwich and then his dog i believe barks and he says better make it too so he's going to uh, make victor make a sandwich for his dog in the middle of the night uh, i mean and-
1: victor's dutiful he picks up the phone he happily does his job needs mm-hmm. the president and gets what little sleep he can he does he takes it very seriously and so then
0: Uh, he hangs up the phone. Corey is now asleep, uh, sitting in a chair near the phone. Uh, Victor gives him kind of like a little tap and he wakes up. Uh, We get a laugh track and that is the cold open. Ren, what did you find so special about that?
1: Just the simplicity of it. It was brisk. Uh, And it's it's not just Victor tapping Corey, Bryce. Sell the full scene. He pushes Corey's head back, bumping it into the wall and waking him up. Some classic Corey in the house slapstick, right there.
0: Yeah, Cory Corey is shook, and he wakes up, and that's that. I I was underwhelmed by the opening. I felt it was. I don't.
1: Great. I don't. I don't see what's underwhelming about it. It's short. It's to the point. Uh, and even so, you, to your
0: point, you had said that it was a like a push on the head, and then he hits the wall, and yeah. then kind of wakes up. So, in my watching of it, I. I I honestly went with tap because it felt so. To me, felt so not a big moment. It felt like Victor just hitting him, and Corey's like, "Oh, okay, I'm awake." Uh, and
1: that to me, that speaks to a real father something.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it does speak to their relationship. I didn't find it very funny, <laughs> personally.
1: Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm just glad that little moments have some substance to them. You're right. Then again, we do rarely see Corey and Victor
0: having these moments, so you're right. It is kind of like a take-it-when-we-can when we, when we can situation. Uh, and so then we we go into our intro. Um, this week, uh, Amanda Tepe. Amanda plays in this episode the White House tour guide. She is actually in five more episodes of Corey and the House Ren really yeah so where this episode uh the main kind of a plot was pretty focused on the use of tour guides in the white house and touring in the white house and all of that i'm surprised that we see it four more times i don't know in what context but
1: she does show up five uh four more times after this episode i mean as like a one-off bit character i thought she was fine it she served her Mm -hmm. purpose.
0: Yeah, and she had her little. Um, she has her kind of like classic line of like no way, no way, and just the way she says it. And so they give her that and a true kind of like make her stand out as a one-off character piece. Yeah. So I wonder if next time we see her, if she'll actually have that same no way, no way demeanor, or if it'll be. Whatever I, I feel works like it, it would answer. be. It would
1: become very irritating five times. Yeah.
0: Yep, and would be, uh, it it was actually something that I thought was kind of funny uh, in this episode, was her using that line. So uh, she pops up. So previously, uh, Amanda uh, was in, uh, she had a little arc in General Hospital, really just some bit parts. And what I felt was so noteworthy about her and kind of why I wanted to discuss. So after her time in Coin the House, just like many of these these, uh, guest actors, they do pop up in other Disney Channel shows. She pops up nine times in Wizards of Waverly Place, but playing uh, completely different roles every time. Every, every single time? Uh, yeah. So she is a uh, a store manager at one point. She's a hostess, a maitre D,
1: a manager,
0: information desk lady, museum security guard. Um, so she I, I misspoke. She shows up as a hot dog vendor twice.
1: Okay. Yeah. So how do we know she's just not this person going through several different job changes? So that's what I love about this is I almost want to imagine that she
0: uh, is playing the same character, both (laughs) in Cory in the House and then this, and that there's some central through line of her losing job after job after job um, as she finally works her way down to Hot Dog
1: Vendor. I'm sure there's some way we can connect Corey in the House to Wizards of Waverly Place through, like, the several DCOM crossover episodes. Definitely. And
0: at at a less um, kind of, in a less meta perspective and more looking, like, in behind the scenes with that eye. uh, So I actually had an interesting conversation with my brother, Jordan, uh, who was listening to our podcast and had heard us talk about um, the kind of psychic aspects to this universe the the magic aspect and thinking about how the spinoff maybe would have been like raven going to psychic school or something like that so yeah. he brought up to, to my attention that when Coy in the house was made that this was when the idea of wizards and magic was really at its height is it possible that wizards of waverly place is kind of that that magic spinoff that they that they took from the that's a raven
1: universe I think we'd have to look at the over, see if there's any overlap between the creators and the showrunners. Yeah. And I, if there is maybe, then mm-hmm. there's something there, but if there isn't, I would probably say no.
0: Yeah. Total, total speculation or you, even if it was um, like the big wigs at running Disney channel, maybe thought, okay. Like one we is need, something
1: magical. Yeah.
0: We need something that has like a supernatural magic presence to it and the since that's where Raven's going to be gone, and Raven is no longer going to be on the air,
1: what do we have with us? You really have to wonder why did they make Corey's spin off about him going to the White House and not just having psychic powers? Exactly,
0: like he he turns fourteen or whatever, and then realizes that like he has his first vision, and it's all about him learning. Exactly, if they totally could have done that. And instead, Corey in the house just completely abandons the idea of uh, psychic powers existing in this universe. But who knows, who knows, but I thought it was interesting with Amanda that she has so many different roles going back to, to this um, in *Wizards of Waverly place. And so maybe there is that, that through line that we'll um, see otherwise all of her social media completely locked down uh, on Instagram. The only thing you can see is she says, um, uh, one hot uh, mama-jama. All right. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what we know. And uh, she's currently teaching drama at a high school in California, which leads me to believe that is probably why all of her social media is locked down. Because usually when working with students, you want to make sure all of that is, is like that. So um, that's all I got on her. I thought uh, thought she was just interesting. There's another kind of standout hopefully one-off uh, guest star in yeah. this
1: episode i i assumed you were going to talk about either of them
0: yeah uh and we'll see if she ends up popping up again um and so that's that's that we're ready to jump back into the
1: show um i would like to take an opportunity to tell you my mm-hmm. theory about this episode oh go for it so another reason or i suppose the big reason that this episode resonated with me is because it kind of sidestepped the issue that I've had with every single episode of Corey in the House so far, which mm-hmm. is the dead air. Yeah. I feel like there's too much blank space in between dialogue, in between scenes. And this episode, kind of like harkening back to the Boomer episode, was way faster on its feet, wasn't kind of like wallowing in itself. And the reason I think that is because on Wikipedia, this is another one of the episodes that does not have a broad a production code my theory is that this episode was filmed late in season one and moved (laughs) earlier into the broadcast schedules because the first set of episodes were so weak and they felt that this was a strong one so
0: that that's an interesting theory in terms of it being different than the episodes that we've seen before like can you think of any major differences
1: uh can you or can you elaborate on that I feel like character chemistry is way more defined in this episode. Mm Like, I I, I feel like if I saw this episode randomly on TV, I would assume it was a bit later in a season one. Cause it kind of feels like the Corey Mina dynamic is a bit more set in stone. Yeah, Newt's character is like silly, dumb, but not borderline, not like as aggressively stupid as he was in those first episodes. Yeah. Like Corey and Sophie have a more conscious dynamic, like, way more akin to Raven and Corey and That's So Raven. Mm-hmm. Where now yeah. they're actually stressing the idea that they have some form of camaraderie which becomes a plot point. The fact that Victor and the president actually have a B-plot that intersects back into Corey mm-hmm. That all three of them for the first time have a real scene. Yeah. You know, for, me, for me, this felt like one of the more developed episodes in terms of character interactions and character scenes.
0: So as, as we talk through it a little bit, I definitely am um, appreciating at least uh, two th- two pieces in my mind are kind of coming to light. So the structure of the episode itself is, the, is one that we haven't yet seen where there is a distinct A and B plot. However, they both kind of merge yeah. um, in a way that's meaningful. Unlike when we saw the A and B plot uh, in the episode, uh, Built This Kitty on Rock and Role or whatever that that episode is. Um, in that one, we see the A and B plot both around this final like performance, but they still happen pretty separately. Even yeah, if they're
1: disconnected. You know
0: what I mean? It, versus in this, the characters uh, and the ultimate problems that they're facing overlap in uh, the ultimate kind of climax scene yeah. of the episode which is, you're right, not something that we've seen. The other thing that I think this episode does highlight really well is the White House. Yeah. Uh, this is not an episode that really could take place anywhere else. You feel the entire time like you're in the White House. We knew, uh, we see new set pieces for the White That's House that we hadn't yet seen. So, yeah, there's um, there are some bright spots within it. I think, to me, my the reason why I am initially down on this episode, and as I said, it might change as, as we go through it, but my initial... Mm-hmm feeling down on it is less so because of the actual structure of the episode and more so just uh, I didn't feel like any of the jokes were particularly memorable or mm-hmm. um executed well and we're just kind of there but a lot happens in these 21 minutes I would say more so than any episode we've
1: seen so far yeah I agree uh in regards to the jokes I feel I feel like I laughed the hardest in this episode more than I have in any other episode. Like I wasn't laughing like all the way throughout gut busting, mm-hmm. but the moments that made me laugh actually made me laugh. Yeah. So that we'll that's, yeah, very
0: interesting. Cause I, I did not feel that way. Um, so we, uh, Cut to, uh, after the, the intro credits, we see Corey, Mina, and Newt, they're in the courtyard at school, uh, so they're walking out, and Corey recognizes that recognizes that it's very, very hot out, it's warm weather, and Newt is like, oh, perfect skiing weather. Uh, this is obviously confusing to the audience, and Corey is equally confused, instead of asking uh, about, uh, what do you mean? it's, he kind of gives off his, his more so, like, oh, yeah, it is perfect, except there's no snow and it's super hot. And that's when Newton Mina explained that they typically go to South America some weekends to go skiing when it's really hot. And uh, they take Newton's parents' private jet down there to, to do so. So this is kind of the, the big central piece. And Corey uh, talks about how he's never skied before. But luckily, who's there, Ren? Who's there to,
1: to teach him how to ski? Mina's there. Mina's there to teach Corey how to ski, mm-hmm. and Corey is so excited that he goes into a dream sequence. <laughs> Which we, I, love, I loved this dream sequence. I don't know. How, I hope you liked it. I'm assuming you didn't, but for me, it was hilarious. It caught me so off guard. So I, I wouldn't
0: say, like, I didn't laugh out loud at it, but I did like it. I liked the use of the the kind of dream sequence here, and especially, I guess, what Disney Channel can get away with. Uh, yeah. to be entirely honest with this, uh, where Corey and Mina in this dream sequence... Actually, Ren, can you can you paint this picture for
1: us? What does what this dream right.
0: sequence look like for Corey?
1: It, um, imagine a completely white winter landscape Bob Ross painting. Mm-hmm. It's snowing. Corey and Mina are together. Corey's wearing his best ski jumper. Mina's wearing what, like, Every Russian femme fatale wears in a spy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just as, as Courtney Dreams what's of. Her line So uh, I, we came here. here it is. I came here to teach you how to ski,
0: but you've taught me how to love. That's it. Yeah, that is the line that Mina delivers to him. Uh as they sip hot cocoa, and uh the dream sequence ends in near kiss. <laughs> I know we came up here, so I could teach you how to ski, but you have taught me how to love. Wow, Corey's been watching too many movies. He has been. He, Corey's got
1: to slow down there.
0: Yeah, he really does need to slow down. Uh, if that's what he thinks is going to go down on this ski weekend, and this joke is brought up multiple times, but uh, without e- even being said here, hilarious to think about. Like Newt's also in the picture. Like yeah. <laughs> Newt is still going to be with them on this weekend. Um, and so we get, get a lot of jokes about that throughout as well, where Corey's just thinking about Mina and Newt's like, oh yeah, me too. Um, so the fantasy gets interrupted by
1: Stickler. Another reappearance. And I, I'm glad he's, uh, there, this is another reason I think it was filmed late because he's playing more to his purple lobster appearance. Yes. Versus Kinda like mischievous cartoon villain who his, his existence makes no sense, but He's here to make everything worse.
0: Yeah. And he, uh, so he shows up. Um, Corey is like, uh, Stickler's like, oh, count me in for going skiing. And Corey says, why are you always spying on us? Stickler says, I prefer to call it re- uh, recognizance. It's French, um, which pause I do on a that actually. like that in high school? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it is French. But, anyways, uh, Mina says, uh, it's creepy. And Stickler says, Give it time, all right? What a, uh, that line caught me off guard because it felt like the writers didn't know what to do from <laughs> how to get him to, like, end that joke. I think it could have ended with me to say, it's creepy, a laugh track, and then moved on to Stickler's next line. But Stickler randomly
1: throwing in, give it time, all right? Here's what happened. <laughs> what time? What are we giving time to, Stickler? The, the Cory and the house writers are addressing the fact that they always stop at the surface level joke. But their Mm -hmm. next joke isn't much better. (laughs) This is their, it's their, uh, their solution to the problem is they
0: just throw in some kind of transition line and hope no one notices that they're moving away. Um, so Stickler, he explains, luckily he is an expert in all types of skiing. Can you name more than one type of skiing, Ren? Does bobsled count? I don't think so, because that's, that's sledding. I wouldn't count like, snowboarding yeah. as skiing. Um, ski-doo? Sk- did you say ski-doo? Yeah, ski-doo. Like uh, Doo-Wop Ski-Doo? Like uh, Scooby-Doo's brother. Uh, <laughs> Scooby-Doo, Scrappy-Doo, and the lesser-known brother Ski-Doo. <laughs> yes, uh, which Stickler is an expert in. He's very <laughs> familiar with Ski-Doo uh that yeah i don't i don't know what stickler's talking about it's unimpressive that he's an expert in all types of skiing because i can name one type of skiing uh maybe He'll he means like bobsled. ski tricks or, or or maybe he's counting bobsledding that's very possible as well um so so uh, Corey's like oh well i don't know how to ski and so mina's gonna take time helping me and stickler's like well if i'm there we'll take time laughing at you So Stickler then walks off and Newt shouts at him, I'll be there laughing at him too. Uh, Like I said, Newt is continuously left out of this, like, of the ski picture. Uh, And that ends
1: that scene. It it establishes a lot. It does. And it gets Stickler back in -hmm. the picture in a pretty organic way Mm -hmm. for how abrupt his reappearance is.
0: And it's actually, so in this next scene is where we see that aforementioned, uh, like, uh, cartoon s- super villain, uh, spy angle come out as Corey goes to his high school's ATM machine, naturally, and to take out money for said skiing trip, uh, Stickler pops out from behind a corner in the background, and he says that he's inserted a CIA cash card cruncher. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do his parents just leave uh, these tools around? Is he making these himself?
1: It.
0: Yeah. I think they, they want Stickler behaving this way. Mm-hmm. Because that this is something that someone in the CIA would behave. Why would they be encouraging it?
1: <sighs> Look, man. Look at Stickler. <laughs> Look at that haircut. You're telling me that, that big haircut's mm-hmm. not coming from? Yeah. He's going he's to step down on Corey every way he can. Yeah, his parents want him to.
0: And by uh, using a cash card cruncher to actively destroy Corey's debit card is is step one to this. So Corey puts it in now that the audience is in on the joke that there's going to be a cash card cruncher. He does a dance and the machine uh, says, uh, like, your card is being destroyed. He's like, my card is being destroyed as Corey dances because he's about to see his favorite thing in the world, which is money. Uh, only to have his dream shattered as he takes out what is now a mangled in pieces debit card and uh so that's that's gonna be the problem is Corey is gonna need money and unfortunately his debit card just got crunched real hard um there's a brief scene but funny
1: <laughs> yeah funny yeah.
0: uh so we open on a brand new set uh, in this next scene, uh, we are in the halls of the White House where a tour guide, the aforementioned, uh, play, her name is Donna. And she's played by the aforementioned uh, Amanda Tepe. She is given a tour to a few people in the White House wearing her red vest. And this is something I actually want to talk with you, Ren, is this. Mm-hmm. So you and I are kind of have, have talked a couple of times uh, technically on record about what is finale worthy and is you and I uh, somehow getting a tour of the white house
1: finale worthy?
0: Like if, a- if,
1: are you asking me if this could, this could serve as a last episode for Corey in the house?
0: No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm asking if uh, for the podcast, if you and I taking a road trip to DC Oh, and going I... on, getting a tour of the White House, if, uh, where, you know, Cory in the House is, is filmed. set, filmed. Uh, I don't know about filmed, maybe once or twice. Uh, I, uh, no. Uh, not a chance. But uh, is that
1: is that finale worthy of the podcast? I think so. Yeah, I think I so. Think, too. I think we should record the finale in the White House.
0: Hmm so that's going to get tricky and here's why so i did do some digging into what it takes to get a tour of the white house just to get a better sense of who these extras are that we see all throughout the episode these people on tours of the white house Mm -hmm. um so uh there's a lot of things that you can't bring there's no flash photography you definitely cannot bring a video camera um no bags which I thought was interesting. So, no bags at all, no fanny all right. packs, nothing. Which in this scene, we see uh, immediately someone breaking that rule. So, maybe it's a newer one. Maybe it didn't exist when Coin the House
1: was. was Keep being in mind, sealed. we're in a designated survivor universe. Yes, where the, the rules are a bit different here. They, they are very different. This is a, a little bit of a sideways
0: universe. And here's something that did strike me as odd. Uh, Did you know that tours of our White House, as they currently exist today, are self-guided?
1: Bryce, I did not know that, but that is strange.
0: Isn't that really bizarre? So uh, there is no White House tour guide position. That does not exist. It is all an app on your phone. I don't know if they just let you loose in the White House and they trust that you follow it. Uh, The website mentions that there are Secret Service members in each room, so you can ask them questions. But uh, that's it. There's no, no expert. Um, maybe we can record it outside the White House. So I think maybe outside the White House. We have to, because you also need to request uh, three months in advance with Congress. All right. Yeah. But, uh, and uh, I did, there was a video I stumbled upon of like a DC tourist agent um, who said that's very, very difficult to book. So mm-hmm. if we could get it, then that'd be huge
1: be very big what a way to end bryson wren and Corey in the house i know by by doing a podcast uh where our nation was is, made is
0: made is born and where Corey uh once lived so uh will we'll have to think about it and it's you know three months in advance so yeah when it when the time comes we'll uh reach out to congress um So in this tour, they are lucky enough to run into the one and only President Martinez, uh, to which we have our tour guide say her infamous line of uh, the president of the United States. No way. No way. She is excited. She's amped. Uh, Here's the president's. So the president stops and gives like an impromptu speech to the group. Uh, He says, welcome to my house. Or should I say your house? Because the White House is really the people's house. All right. Are you with him? You're with him, Ren. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. fine. You know what? Uh, I get so, it. So if, if you steal anything, he says, you're really stealing from yourself.
1: Alright, he's lost me now. Yeah, he
0: lost me as well. Uh, I don't know.
1: What was Bozo
0: saying anymore? I don't know why he decides to instantly address the group about
1: stealing from him. <laughs> he's worried. You know, all these lower class freaks mm-hmm. are walking through his... <laughs> halls <laughs> you know he's, all these things looking at him you he is he's worried
0: that they're all gonna take his things which just seems absurd Seems seems like not something that the president if he has a few moments with the people should be addressing but apparently maybe people have stolen from him before and he can't let it happen again
1: i don't know I mean, um the American people stole the lives of the entire American cabinet before him. So. <laughs> Maybe he's oh right to God. be worried. Yeah,
0: you're right. He has a lot of concern. He's worried. One of them is going to steal the presidency back from him.
1: <laughs> that's I what mean, he's referring to to. Hammett, right.
0: Yeah. That's what he's talking about. He's like, cause if you steal anything, you're really stealing from yourself. I'm trying to guilt them into not taking the white house back. Um, so he, he cracks himself up also. He thinks that this line is hilarious. The group does look offended as they rightfully should be. And then the tour guide encourages them all to laugh along with the president. I'd say Uh, more
1: forces. Yeah.
0: She's like, you got to do this or else I'm going to lose my job. And this is apparently not the last straw for her because she comes back four more times. And, um, the president says, I'll be here for the next four years in true stand-up fashion. So this confirms our theory that he is a new president. That he was. Yeah, Yep. Yeah, that he's, he's new to the position. Um, they leave. Sophie comes around the corner and wants to play dress-up with Daddy. Daddy needs a nap. Uh, he's going to go into the Lincoln bedroom. And uh, the reason why is because that's the last place that they will look for him if they need him. So he can finally get some shut-eye. Yeah. Um, so good introduction to the space, good introduction to, to Donna, the tour guide. And We understand now that the president is going to take a nap. Uh, in this next scene, uh, so Sophie, who's still looking for someone to dress up, goes into the kitchen, finds Corey, and asks if he would like to play dress up with her. Uh, he, when she walks in, is coddling his absolutely shredded
1: debit card. Which presumably he's been doing for hours in that same spot. <laughs> I, I
0: can I can only assume the same. Ran. He seemed really really broken up over it, and uh, he is at a complete loss without it. And uh, the reason why is because he needs money for the ski trip. Without the the bank told him that it won't be until Monday that he can get his money. So, <sighs> what is Corey to do? If only he had. Uh, You know, like rich friends with private jets he could borrow money from or maybe ask his dad for a small loan to help him out. They don't even offer to help. No, no, no one does. In fact, his friends, uh, thinking about this, his friends only encourage the scheming. Yeah, they seem kind of
1: indifferent to the situation. Yeah,
0: they're not like, oh, we instead of doing a scheme, why don't we just lend you the money for the weekend? And then you can pay it back when you get it on Monday. Nope. No, we're not going to do that uh so uh so sophie um yeah so sophie wants to play dress up with cory cory's like uh not really
1: into this what'd you say i are you going to mention sophie's classic line here the line of
0: uh where, where Corey said so she says uh Cory, do you want to play dress up with me and or something like that and he's like no not now sophie i'm busy and sophie says do you have it written down because i didn't write it down exactly but I she can... says
1: who means you and wants to means has to yes yes
0: yeah, so it is um like you've said their relationship here
1: feels more defined it does and they have better chemistry, I think, than in previous episodes. It feels like they've been they're more comfortable in their roles from like an acting perspective.
0: Yes, and Sophie does come off as Corey's little like little sister here versus just the president's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we do get that line from from her. and Victor pops in real quick. Uh, and this is so when Corey turns to him, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, oh, he's going to ask his dad for money because we just saw him with the debit card. doesn't get brought up. Instead, he's like, Dad, have you got your sleep? I liked that. Yeah, so he's he is genuinely caring about his dad, hoping he can um, catch up on his Zs. And Victor says something that is an absolute game changer in the world of Corey in the House as we know it. Victor says, uh, no, and now I got to – he's like, no, no, I haven't been getting sleep, and I can't do it now. Uh, He says, now I got to see the first menu about the lady, which is obviously a joke because he's really, he would say like, now you got to see the first lady about the menu, but uh, he's tired. But what's groundbreaking here, what's
1: earth shattering, there is a first lady, Ren. We see her back earlier in the episode. In, In this episode? Yeah, in the bed next to the president.
0: I did not even notice. I was so hyper-focused on the dog and President Martinez. There's another human being in that bed? Yeah, she's sleeping turned to him. Wow. I wonder if we ever get any content from her or find out who she is, or name, anything. I'm going anything. to assume no. Yeah, I don't think so either. It feels so weird, though, because we get... It is it is weird. Two thirds of the family and the other one who also lives in the White House. Just non-existent otherwise.
1: Odd. Very strange. They, and they could have done they could there there is no like a adult female role on in like the cory in the house main cast no samuel was the closest thing but she's supporting exactly and she she disappears probably
0: sooner than we're even going to recognize because this is another episode that she's not in but so what i was just thinking about is why could they have not although the role would have been different like would it have not made more sense to have the first lady as a
1: character rather than Samantha Samuels if they had to go with one absolutely yeah because then you can kind of fill that mother role that Corey has like lacked as a presence Mm -hmm. for for years not even just
0: for this show but like like half of that so Raven sometimes you just gotta go to school in England and you know Raven's mom Zoe yeah They all all go and do that and they never come back. Um, All right. So we get, uh, so Victor goes off to to meet with said first lady who apparently I I missed completely in that opening scene. And I kind of want to go back and see if there's any more good content (laughs) there. Um, And this is when Corey uh, is talking with Mina and Newt because Sophie goes to grab a purse for Corey so they can play dress up. Uh, so she leaves to go and do that. And while she's gone, um, Mina's like, oh, do you have any luck at the bank? And Corey says, no, like now I got to figure out a way to raise money for the weekend. Um, right.
1: And so Mina Perfect opportunity for them to offer to help. But
0: excellent. And probably it's like Corey set it up perfectly and was just hoping for his friends to have his back and newt who's oblivious to the world. I, I don't think we can trust on him. Um, and Mina, I, uh, Gets into her own. Mina
1: throws out some suggestions.
0: She does. She suggests selling delicacies to the tour groups that are at the White House, such as dried pickle fish and deep uh, deep fried goat foot. Big sellers in Bahavia. Massive sellers in Bahavia. um, Obviously, not quite um, up to snuff here. Just to think a little bit more about it, are these items that Mina has readily available that she'd be able to
1: sell in mass to said tour groups? I mean, we could probably run over to the Bahavia store, grab some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go right there. Um, sure. There's like a little Bahavia near DC. Have goats been mentioned in terms of
0: Bahavian lore yet? I know yaks
1: have. Um, yeah. I, th- I think just yaks, so it's right? The yak
0: pack. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So um, this is, is something that's kind right of now. new. And the yak arena, yes. So the yak is obviously a very important animal. Uh, and goat, not nearly as much as they deep fry its foot uh, as a delicacy. And Corey uh, doesn't quite like the idea of selling the delicacies, but is on recognizes that Mina's onto something here with these tour groups. Um, he says, uh, so this is, in my opinion, this is the best of Newt in this episode. Um, Corey says... Corey says people would pay good money to see something not on the regular tour. Something that pops, sizzles, and Newt says, Bacon. Ah, that Newt. But don't worry, it does get better. And Corey's hears that and goes, No man, a cute little celebrity. So he's Corey's thinking, you know, let's show him Sophie. Newt, on the other hand, oh, Kevin Bacon. Uh, he's Get pretty funny. Get an Emmy. Yeah, it's it's a pretty funny line, delivered
1: well. Uh, no, They're we're not... Fun. Their, their chemistry is clearly gelling at this point. It is. It... So I struggle with Newt's presence in this episode. It, because... He, of... He's very, like, in the background, but the episode also acknowledges that pretty regularly and turns it into a joke.
0: Which, yeah, which is better than just leaving him there to to kind of die in said background yeah. but i feel like the only time that we hear from him is either when he's reminding people like hey i'm going on the ski trip too or when he says these lines that shows that he is in his own little furry fantasy like
1: i he's have a gone feeling, yeah i have a feeling this is kind of going to become newt's role as we go yeah the chelsea-esque vapid Mm -hmm. comments in the distance like right now it's not so bad but the seeds are clearly there where this can go wrong yeah so
0: we'll see um because especially last week i mean we saw him have so much character Mm -hmm. so i just he's someone who is very funny and he's funny beyond these little quips yeah So I, i hope that we see him better utilized um so that was one of my, my issues with the episode is just, I feel like he's so
1: underutilized. Yeah, this um, one of our first major Newtless episodes too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, he really just has his lines, but he's not integrated too much into the, the actual plot. Uh, mm. So with this idea ready to roll, um, Sophie comes back in and looks at him and she's like, why are y'all looking at me? As they're all staring at her with money signs in their eyes.
1: Where did you expect this to go when you watched it? Um, Because the curtain reveal caught me off guard.
0: Yeah, so I don't... I would have expected it to be something more like... Because Corey frames it as let's show them something that they wouldn't normally see. Like, let's have it be Sophie. You know, I would expect... I don't know why it does need to be this big reveal. I would expect it to be more like here's like Sophie's in the hallway and they're going to walk by her and it's going to be just a, a kind of its own separate tour rather than this like hidden room where we're going to see Sophie revealed. via well, it, It's not just a hidden room. It's, well, it's the, the kitchen. kitchen. It's the kitchen. He converts the kitchen into this. I don't know. Apparently no one's eating in the white house during the time that he does this. And I'm also shocked that he's able to pull it together as quickly as he does. Cause remember He needs money for this upcoming weekend. It's not a school day, so I would assume it's Friday
1: night. I don't know. Corey Um, brings these strangers into his home, and he's been keeping Sophie hidden on a pedestal for, I'm assuming, hours at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Just hidden in the dark behind curtains waiting. (laughs) That's So that's something
0: that also threw me off. Where is he finding these people? Is, like, is Newt outside of the White House, where a lot of the tourists gather and take pictures, saying, like, hey, like, for 20 bucks, I'll bring you into the White House, I don't know how, <laughs> through
1: the back alleys, I don't know, and show you the president's daughter in the kitchen? My and- understanding was that they intercepted the tour group that was already so, happening, stole them, and brought... And Corey was like, come on, I'll bring you to my house. Yeah, so and-
0: that makes sense to me as well, if not for um, how is the tour guide letting that happen? Like, because w- she's not in on this. So this tour group is in the White House. Are they ending? And the tour the tour guide's like, all right, bye, have a nice day. She doesn't see them off completely. And then that's when Corey or Newt grabbed them
1: to go see the daughter in the kitchen for 20 bucks. All right, here's the timeline. Uh, Donna gives her tour. She goes on a three-hour smoke break. Corey sets this all up. Mm -hmm. She comes back, rest of episode. (laughs) The only way to rationalize it. It's the only
0: way. But, uh, okay. Yeah, because there really is no way to quite fully understand this. They... And it's bothering me now because I didn't look. I don't believe that they have passes. When we see people with Donna, no, they, do. they have the necklaces that have the letter A on them that, you know, shows that they're supposed to be there. These people that Newton Corey are grabbing, I don't think have those passes. They're guests of Corey. They're guests, yeah, so maybe Corey just has a guest list. It's it's one of the perks. He can bring people in and out as he wishes. Um and no questions asked. And honestly, I don't know if you looked too closely at this crew uh, that he brings in. But who are these people?
1: They... Um, the only one who stuck out to me was the one who was meant to stick out. Yes. So there's an obnoxious mom and
0: son. So this is a, a pair that we see within it. There's five other people. Uh, there's uh, like one middle-aged woman. There's uh, two middle-aged men. Um, One who looks like maybe a college, like one man who looks like a college student. And then there's a, a, a guy in a Hawaiian shirt. They, so it's, they don't know each other. They're all individuals. And that's shown within the scene where they are not interacting with each other. They're lining up by themselves to take pictures of Sophie. I am just so confused about what this is. That Corey has set up, and he is now profiting.
1: Corey is using a child for profit. Awful. This is Awful. this is the next natural step. Uh, like.
0: And, so he reveals. Sophie opens up the curtain. Um, and Sophie does the line of, uh, someone says, "Oh, it's Sophie, America's angel." And she says, "That's what they call me," uh, which is, which is her her punchline, her go-to line in all situations. And they love it. Uh, Corey is making people pay money now to also take pictures of her. And so an additional fee to take pictures of her, it's uh, 20 bucks or whatever to see her. But then also, uh, I think it's 10 bucks if you want a picture.
1: If you think about it, this scheme really does work for Corey. If he was just a bit nicer to Sophie... Everything be we find, fine. he makes money so fast. And ten dollars
0: for to ask a question, which people pay. People are, yep, sure, I will pay this money to have this interaction with Sophie. Uh, I thought it was strange after people are paying money to uh, get a picture of Sophie. Corey is jumping into the picture as well while he's counting the money. So Wouldn't people you want a picture of Corey with Sophie too. With Sophie, timeless memory. Corey counting money next to Sophie that time that they saw the president's daughter in the kitchen of the white house brought in by some high school freshmen.
1: It is his house.
0: Uh, yeah. And he, he makes it his house. Uh, so they leave and Sophie and Corey get to talking. And Sophie's like talking about how she's going to go on the ski trip. And Corey's like, uh, there's no we in Ski referring to him and Sophie. And she's like, oh, no, but there is an I.
1: Um, us White House kids, we got to stick together.
0: Yeah, and I did actually, I like that line.
1: Uh, it's kind of cute, bonds them together. It's um, like the first real attempt at trying mm-hmm. to show that there's something more to their dynamic than just vitriol. Like you said, so I mean, I, I know that we kind of pitched it as like, Corey being a little bit
0: malicious in his scheming, but Sophie's- mm-hmm with this. Like, Sophie's into it, if not for Corey now suddenly betraying her. Suddenly betraying her. Um, Sophie runs off because uh, she's upset because Corey promised that she would get to go on the trip with them, and he's now taking it back, and he's like, no, you're not going. Um, So something that didn't work for me with this, and this was something that stuck out to me, is that this promise seems to be pretty important and central to Sophie, at least in this episode, and mm-hmm. why she's so upset. We don't see this on screen.
1: We he never. Prom- he
0: doesn't make. He doesn't promise to bring her. No. On screen. No, we never see Corey say like, "We're like, we're going skiing," or that conversation never happens on screen. The only conversation that we see is Sophie coming back with the purse, and Corey, Mina, and Newt looking at her, and she says her line of
1: uh why are y'all looking at me and then there's uh, a laugh track I mean, and it cuts I guess we can assume it happened off screen but I I, I get what you're saying that not seeing it
0: yeah it, is exactly problem. because Sophie's very clearly upset that Corey promised this and it's hard for me to necessarily side one way or the other to mm. be like no it realistically I'm sure Corey was like counting his money he even says like I don't remember saying that I was probably counting my money yeah. But like, I could easily see him looking at money in his hands, and Sophie's like, So, when are we going skiing? And Corey's like, Oh, we're going to have a blast when we go skiing. Um, or whatever. Could easily mm. see that happen, but it doesn't happen on screen.
1: And so it just kind of takes away from Sophie's reaction here. Yeah, I, I see that. But still, I feel like the conflict is less about the promise itself and more just Corey's dismissal of her, too. So, so. It's like a behavioral thing. It's, yeah. I mean, realistically, there's no way he can include her in this. No, th- no. That's also something he can explain, like, you know, a friend or a brother and not just coldly tell her, no, you're not coming with me. Leave me alone after yeah. I let people take pictures of you for hours. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. The, the whole
0: interaction is just a bit odd to me and I would have liked to seen it fleshed out
1: more at the end of the day it's still cory in the house it
0: is yeah and so it um i don't know what deleted scenes look like for cory in the house but i could see that there was a scene that ended up on the cutting room floor or it's even like just, a just a few soundtrack. lines that that did it because it is a pretty jam-packed episode yeah so um sophie runs away after finding out that she's not getting to go on the ski trip and that's a problem because newt comes in and he's excited because the next group is ready. So Newt has wrangled another seven or eight individuals who don't know each other to come and, and look at Sophie, but she's now gone. Um, what are they gonna do?
1: Man, I mean, they can give the money back, but rent, rent rent. There's
0: never a reason to give people their money back.
1: You're right? You're never.
0: Right. Uh, that's I, what I'm Corey so
1: quickly. Corey just
0: blasted that out. He's like, I I think he says, he's like, do you know who I am? Like, there's never a reason to give people their money back. So uh, he is going to come up with every which way and reason to make sure that that money stays in his fanny pack.
1: Um, Because if he doesn't. Yeah. If he's not there. What'll happen, Bryce?
0: We see another fantasy (laughs) sequence. But this time it's more like a nightmare a very sexually charged nightmare very much so uh, so just like before uh, it is snowy mm. it's white there's a like Bob Ross picturesque Mina is in as, uh, as we put it the same type of garb earlier and uh, this time instead of Corey it is Stickler aka mm, so Mina <laughs> says hot chocolate Stickler Stickler says, call me Sticky.
1: (laughs) What? I love it. How does Disney Channel
0: get away with this? It's so fucking good. And she's like, okay, Sticky. And like the way they say it. The way he holds her. Well, it's everything is so weird. He, so he then he uh, t- drinks the hot chocolate as if it's like a like a liquor shot, and then throws it away um, behind him, and then grabs Mina and goes in for the kiss, uh, which is when the sequence sequence ends.
1: Well, but, it ends with a big thumbs up. Uh, <sighs> <sighs> I gotta say,
0: I would not mind more of Corey's fantasy sequences. But it also gives I feel like insight. Stickler
1: brings out the creative side of the writers.
0: Yeah, they're like, "Oh, what is Sticky? I almost just called him Sticky. Oh sticky. no, Sticky. Uh, what is? Yeah, what is Stickler gonna do next?" Um, I thought it was pretty funny. It was a, it was a good use of the dream sequence format again. Yeah, it was. Uh, gave us a good view of why Corey's. So adamant that he goes on this skiing trip, and so he can prevent anyone from calling anyone the name Sticky. Also, a very interesting glimpse into Corey's psyche. Yes, this this is how he sees the world. Um. So then they're frazzled. They don't know what to do. Um, Corey's like, "Oh, we need someone, you know, who's uh, like cute and pretty and nice." And Newt's like, me? Or you know, Newt's like, okay, I'll do it. Corey's like, not you. Mina. Or he actually, he doesn't even say Mina. He says, not you. And then he looks at Mina. And then that's when Mina gives us the line that Sophie said earlier of, why are y'all looking at me? Well, Mina, things are about to go from bad to worse. And remember, this was all your fault. You could have given Corey the 120 bucks or whatever the heck it was that he needed to go on this ski trip. Mina <sighs> dressed
1: up as Sophie is such a funny visual. Her arms are so long. Yeah. it's just... Imagine seeing that child with arms all the way down, <laughs> all the way past their knees. I think that it would be
0: uh, almost like, uh, like walking with the hands, uh, almost. Or so I picture... Um, like, E.T.'s body, like, frame is kind of what Mina's, like, frame looked like here, which is, like, those really long arms and, like, the short
1: to non-existent legs. Um, Can you and imagine seeing that child in the dark and catching, like, <laughs> wafts of salami from mm-hmm. her? Yeah,
0: so they give, uh, to help with the disguise and to help make sure that the group doesn't recognize it's not Sophie... Corey gives Mina a whole, uh, like, thing of salami to hold, and then they put some cloth, some, like, raggedy cloths attached to it to say that it's one of Sophie's dolls, and then they also plan to shut off the lights. Um, so the group comes in now with Mina dressed up. They have the curtain closed. The lights are off, and, uh, Luckily, the same obnoxious mom and son from the first group are back because they didn't have enough money for to ask questions um, to Sophie last time. So they came back this time to ask
1: questions. As far as disrupting Corey's schemes go, this is one of the few that I feel like makes perfect sense narratively. Like, the writers clearly set up a character to throw a wrench into Corey's plans later on. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't feel... Like, wedged in. I, I wasn't expecting her to come back in the episode, but when she did, it made sense.
0: This woman is suspicious of everything. Uh, nothing gets past her. <laughs> and she's nasally, and every time she speaks, I just wanted to cry. Um, the So they come in, and Mina does, like, a garbage impression of, like, <laughs> that's what they call me. She does that line, but it, it's terrible. And already people are kind of on to something's up, like something's something's wrong with this. They can smell the three pounds of raw salami. They can smell the salami. Uh the lights are off in the kitchen that these high school uh boys <laughs> just brought this crew into <laughs> of the White House. Um that child clearly is a teenage girl, and uh also, so before we, we get to them noticing, this group as well. So every single tourist group in this episode I felt was noteworthy. Like they were all uh, like a ragtag crew of people who it wouldn't surprise me if the, the writers found off the street. If anything, it was very believable that Newt was going and finding people <laughs> and bringing them here. Like these are the type of people who would pay money to to go into the, the White House kitchen. To see, to see the, the daughter, daughter. <laughs> of the president. <laughs> Who In would pay secret. that? Yes. Um, so they they go to take a flash photo and Corey enforces this, which is accurate. There's no flash photography on the, the actual White House tour. So this is, you know, Corey just doing his job. And um, the real Sophie pops up behind the group and turns the lights on. And that's when they see... Uh, almost Nina, just up as sophie Corey actually i i thought he was pretty smart here did you catch what he did what his uh, initial thought was to tell the crowd no what was it uh, so he tells them all that this was a tribute oh right that's to right. the he daughter that. of the president so he he covers his butt here and he's like yes this was a tribute uh, it wasn't the actual um the daughter but we all knew that going into it
1: and um that kind they, of, uh, plays off when he saved the day with the Bahavian ambassador.
0: Yeah. Yes, it does. So he's he's learning. He is learning. <laughs> um, Corey uh, gets nervous, because the crowd wants their money back. They're chanting. Corey promises that he will bring them to Sophie. So let's go find her. Um, this is when we get a Scooby-Doo-esque uh, <laughs> chase sequence through the halls of the White House. He brings them back upstairs. Uh, I mean, if they have the set, use it. <laughs> yeah, and so they they run all over the halls of the White House, chasing Sophie as Sophie is running with this money pouch. Uh, we then see a a real tour group uh, led by Donna going through and passing by the Lincoln bedroom, which is where. One uh, president Martinez is taking his his nap currently. The napper's delight, uh, and the do, Donna sees that um, you know that's the Lincoln bedroom. She explains that it is supposedly the comfiest bed in the White House, softest. Vic, softest bed in the White House. Victor overhears; he's thrilled. He's
1: like, "That is the bed for me." This is where Corey gets it from. So, do you like this? I There's, do like this actually okay i let i like it because it's like something Corey would reasonably do mm-hmm. like it- it's like mischievous it's rebellious it's breaking the rules but it's not like it's, it's not hurting anybody Vi- no. victor just assumes that this is a private empty bedroom no one goes into he's exhausted because the president has been ruining his life mm-hmm. like, it- it's reckless but i think it's reasonable and i think it helps kind of explain cory a bit better give some insight i feel like
0: it's more raven like this feels like a, really? a something raven would do yeah it does doesn't it cory's antics seem to be very narrow-minded and um self uh what's the word i'm looking for very Health um sufficient uh, not self-sufficient, but like focused on uh, looking out for numero uno, like selfish. Well, yeah, so I guess just selfish, just him, him looking out for himself. Um. So he goes in, he gets all comfy, he's like, this bed is great, lies down, and we get the uh, beautiful shot of, uh, the camera zooms out a little bit as Victor... Uh is lying on the bed and the president rolls over and because victor's like this bed is as soft as uh, she said it was and the president's like oh i'm right there with you brother amen brother Mm -hmm. and they are they're hanging out uh president martinez is like confused about why victor is here uh they both ask each other what they're doing there and um No pun intended. Yeah, the the president kind of plays the trump card here. And he's like, I don't need to tell you why I'm here. You need to tell me why you're here. He is the most inconsiderate man in the world. He is. He is. And um, Victor says to him, explains it very clearly. When you have trouble sleeping, I have trouble sleeping. And he cares. Yeah. So President Martinez is like, oh, like you care that much about me. That's so sweet. It's like, no, like, no. You... So it takes him this whole conversation to figure out. He, he even says out loud, like, oh, I guess I didn't realize that there's a person
1: on the other side of the line. Sometimes so, I forget that the downstairs people are people too. Seriously. That's, that's pretty much what he
0: says to Victor. He's like, I forget that, that other people are impacted by my decision says the president of the United States. Um,
1: uh, he's so inconsiderate. He's not a nice man, and I, I like him less and less with each episode.
0: Yeah, and he's has very few redeeming qualities, and seems to have a very big head about himself. Um, so after this kind of discussion, where the president is eventually able to realize and recognize that Victor, um, you know, is tired and deservedly so, they decide to just go back to sleep.
1: I mean, yeah, as long as we're already here, you know, we may mm-hmm. as well. Uh...
0: Yeah, catch some more Zs. Um, we cut back to the chase sequence. So they're still chasing their way through. And um, do you think when the,
1: vict- uh, when the extras were hired, they knew that they would need to be running this much? No, yeah. I think they got on set. There was only enough water for the main actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were told this is going to be an eight-hour shoot, just running, and they 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 ended up using the first takes for all the for all the running scenes because mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the only time that people could possibly
0: keep up. Um, That's what so, they had the most energy because they're they're running around and uh, they run past the real tour group, Donna's group, and Donna's like, "You came on a good day," and decides to chase after them. Um, I don't know what Donna thinks is going on, but
1: she's interested. When you find a lead, you got to chase it.
0: Yeah, she's like a dog uh, who sees a tennis ball flying or like sees a squirrel. There's, She's just like, oh, we got to go for that. <laughs> There's no thinking, not like, all right, I should probably just do my job here Instead, it's so let's follow this crowd of people. Um, so they're running around, the, so the, the group gets even bigger. Sophie... Is like okay. I'm I'm done running. I'm gonna go and hide in a room. And she turns the into a hallway, and it's the one that has Lincoln's bedroom. She almost goes in there. She's like, no, like dad's sleeping in there, so I can't go in there. She goes into the room across the hall. Corey doesn't realize that though. Um, Corey pounds on the door. I know you're. In I know there. you're in there. <laughs> to his dad. And the president in bed on the other side of the wall. Bryce, if they find them in there together, what'll they think? That's which is what they say. Like that is the line directly ripped from the episode. Um, and the president's like, they'll think we're lazy. And it's like, no, President Martinez. That's not not what people are gonna be thinking. They come in. Uh, the whole group comes in, and Corey's like oh like you're hiding because he sees that there is a single body in the bed and his dad in the meantime victor has gone hid behind a chair in the corner of the room all right and so that's where victor's hiding and president martinez is in the bed cory thinks it's sophie Corey's like all right well if you're not gonna come out i'm gonna have to tickle your toes why is that the default option for cory I don't, I don't want to linger on this. Okay, we won't. Um, Corey tickles the toes, and he's like, huh, you have really big, hairy toes. Clearly a grown man that he's been tickling for mm-hmm. seconds. And it's, uh, sure enough, the President of the United States toes that Corey is tickling.
1: What a foot freak.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just got me. I was like, why is Corey defaulting to this? Um and that's when he jumps out, uh, he being Victor jumps out from the corner of the room behind a chair and is like, uh like Corey, stop this. Well, so the, the mom is like, What is the president doing sleeping in the <laughs> middle of the day? And the boy's like, he's being lazy. Corey somehow saves this. I don't really understand the saving piece here, but Corey that somehow saves it. it says that they're all participating in National Snooze Week, and that's what the president is showing off. They all should go home and practice snoozing.
1: For what it's worth, when Corey comes up with these asinine excuses out of nowhere to save the president, the president usually immediately like gives a confident speech about it right away. So maybe we can see how he was elected in this designated survivor situation. He knows how to play to the people what they want to hear.
0: Yep. And they all buy it. They're like, oh, yes, this makes sense. And they leave. So this so the series of events, just to fully recap, this group goes on a tour of the White House. They get their 45 minute tour Uh, on their way out uh, two boys, high school boys tell them that for 20 bucks they'll bring them to the kitchen and show them the president's daughter. They go there. The lights are off. Um, (laughs) The curtains open. It turns out that it is a teenage daughter, a teenage girl dressed up as the president's daughter, holding a giant uh, piece of salami. Salami dolly. They're then promised that they'll actually to follow the boys. And then they'll actually see the president's daughter. They follow, the the boys upstairs, they chase the boys as they chase the real president's daughter <laughs> through the halls of the White House for what could be hours. Uh, they finally end up at Lincoln's bedroom, where the boy bangs on the door. They go in. Uh, they find the boy go to tickle the person in bed's toes. Uh, a man in a chef's uniform, maybe comes out uh, from the corner of the room. Uh, Addressing seems, the boy addresses the boy like... by name. And then <laughs> the president uh, is revealed to be the one in bed whose toes were just pick- uh, tickled by the boy. The boy then uh, reveals tells, tells them all that they are part of National Snooze Week. The president gives a very brief speech on snoozing and napping, and they go home.
1: If Victor didn't call Corey by his first name... I would believe that they could completely get away with this. I, like that is the series of events that brought us here, Ren. This, this is one of the most I feel natural Corey in the house meltdowns we've seen. Like it's, all the dominoes were in place and they just collapsed.
0: So here's that that actually I'm so happy you mentioned that and that could be a place where you and I have differing views. Mm-hmm. so i'm feeling like i love when the show goes from uh like on excite in excitement scale like mm-hmm. it's at like a five it's at a five it's at a five and then all of a sudden it's at a 10 this episode when i recap it like that seems mm-hmm. to be at like more of a like a five and then a seven and then a nine and then a ten and then a ten and then a ten so it's like like it the buildup is all there and it feels natural versus last week where we go from point A to point B to point C and everything's normal and then Kory's in a cage with a bear. You know, like it's that that one sentence
1: of absurdity versus the paragraph of, of absurdity. I don't know, but for me that one sentence of absurdity isn't enough to make up for how bored I am during most of the episode otherwise. Like, this at least kept me more entertained than usual. I I didn't feel bored at many points watching this. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we have something, like, a the episode gets wacky but I'm glad it gets wacky in a bit more of a grounded way because I think we need to see these characters in, you know, less Cory in the cage settings. Mm-hmm. While that's funny, we're going to be watching like, what, 34 episodes of this? Yes. And
0: so there it is. It's, it's tough. Like when I phrase it like that, the absurdity is pretty funny. Yeah. The, the buildup and from the perspective of the uh tourists what they went through that day is very very funny i find that i more so enjoy the how did this get from point a to b so quickly Mm -hmm. like I, i really enjoy that all of a sudden that jump that why is stickler in the ceiling with Corey also on the ceiling in his underwear um so i i don't know um but I mean, that's, that's pretty much the conclusion, right? And then uh, Victor and, and the president, Corey's like, all right, all's well that ends well. And they're like, not so quick. Um, the president says, uh, I have a question for you. And Newt was like, that's going to be 10 bucks. Uh, yeah, so I like that new line. Yeah, good, good little line for Newt. And Corey is punished. He has to do chores um, in the kitchen. by yes like mop Uh, we see him cleaning some silver while he's mopping sophie comes by and they um have an interaction where you know Corey's like
1: hey sophie like i'm sorry i don't know what happened to me like i was rude to you yeah Corey actually introspects i think for the first time Mm
0: -hmm. in the
1: show and directly explains what he did wrong why it was wrong Mm -hmm. and actually tries to reconcile with the person he wronged Corey goes mad for money. He love it's his favorite thing. Even when he already has
0: money in his bank account, um, he just can't get to it. So he he goes mad for new money. Any money, he loves. And uh, you know, so, Sophie, Sophie's like, you know what? Like, it's okay. Like you said, uh, or like like I said, like us White House kids gotta stick together. Um, or actually, Corey says it this time, right? And so. Yeah. This way, they both now see that, you know, they got to look out for each other. They really are all that they have. And they understand what living in the White House looks like. Um, And kind of the the final punchline to the episode. So while the credits are rolling, Corey's cleaning out some silver in the kitchen. Uh, Victor finally got his sleep. So we know that storyline is taken care of. And Victor says, you know, it works out that you didn't get to go skiing because there was a big blizzard in South America. But no one told Stickler.
1: Who freezes to death as the episode cuts to
0: credits. As it implies. Yep. So Stickler is uh, standing in a blizzard uh, in the cold, screaming for Mina and gets no replies.
1: So, yeah. I don't think Stickler deserved that. (laughs) I think he does deserve that. He destroyed Corey's credit card. Yeah, he he crunched it real good. He, He also stripped Corey naked in a purple lobster yeah
0: so yeah it was built up i think think this is
1: fair this is a fair
0: retribution uh and so that that is our episode
1: uh ren what did you find to be a rose what was your favorite thing about the episode i really liked this line Corey said to the kid who keeps asking questions uh Mm -hmm. a question boy you couldn't even afford a picture In general, I thought Kyle Massey... It was clear that Kyle Massey was having fun with his lines this episode. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting you
0: say that. I actually agree with you that Mm -hmm. he did feel more alive in this episode. Maybe Kyle Massey himself uh, also loves being around money, and that's why he enjoyed his time on That's a Raven so much. But there was, like, kind of a new life
1: to him that I saw in this episode. Um, I... Like it was the one of the, it was the first time I didn't feel like he was completely unlikable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I disagree with that
0: piece because even though he does, he is like remorseful in the end, I felt that he, this, this was up there with all of the other terrible schemes that he's had that only benefit himself and put everyone else in harm's way
1: for his own benefit. Mm, I don't think, yeah. I don't, wouldn't go that far. I don't think it's as... It's shady in the way he... I'd say the way he treats Sophie is the actual issue with Corey this this episode, not the scheme itself. I mean... The the scheme, I feel, is... is, It's, like, shady. It's weird, but... Yeah. It's it's not, like, malicious until Corey makes it malicious.
0: He also... and we, We didn't really talk about it, but he also does, I feel like, take advantage of... Like, well he doesn't not necessarily takes advantage, but he kind of forces Mina into being Sophie as well. Like Mina herself before letting yeah, people true. in is like, this is what people she says, this is what people in my country call a ripoff. And mm-hmm. he's like, in America, like people only call it a rip-off if they can tell it's a ripoff. Um so Mina's clearly uncomfortable and past the point yeah. of thinking this is a good idea, and he makes her go through with
1: it anyway and hold yeah. the hold the salami. So but we also have like moments with Corey actually, you know, seeing if his dad's okay and stuff, which isn't, it, they're not mm-hmm. jokes. Yeah. But like, I think that stuff is still important because Corey in the house is still a TV show. It has to, the characters, you, we want them to have some form of nuance and it, yep. that's not to a be lot. Dimensional, you know? but it's, it's something to have a son just like ask his dad, if he's get, getting enough sleep in his B plot about not getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The threads definitely felt more connected mm-hmm. this week than they have before. Uh, so for me, my rose uh, got to be those dream sequences.
1: Yeah, that's a Yeah, they,
0: they were both very funny. Um, they were both, you know, like I like I already said, something that I just was shocked that this was able to, to make its way into Cory in the house. But it was very funny, uh, both of them. And, you know. We now know that Stickler prefers to be called Sticky. In Corey's
1: mind, at least. Yeah,
0: which is... Oh, that's true as well. So that's not even (laughs) uh, necessarily canon. That's all... It's It's all Corey subconscious. All Corey. (laughs) Man. Uh, What was your bud? What was something that you liked about this that you want to see more of? Or you are hoping to to explore more?
1: Corey and Sophie on, like, a sibling level. Mm -hmm. That's a good dynamic that the show can use for a lot of plots and... Initially, when Sophie was introduced, I thought she would become very annoying very fast. Mm-hmm. But when we when she's like played in this kind of sympathetic angle, they're kind of downplaying her like more arrogant, bossy qualities, and putting Corey in like a role where he can be antagonistic, but then re- reconcile with her. It's helping create a Raven and Corey esque dynamic.
0: Yeah, and their relationship. I mean. I'm anticipating that we'll see episodes where she is more that antagonistic role to Corey as well, like the thorn yeah. in his side, not just for ruining a scheme, but maybe Corey is doing something great. And then Sophie goes out that. of her way to yeah. to be that malicious person and ruin it um, in a sibling-esque way. Mm-hmm. So that was something I enjoyed as well. Uh, for Bud, uh, for me, I was happy to get to see more of the White House. And I would love to see more of the the, not necessarily the hallway sets because we saw a lot of that, but just more of the fact that it's the White House, more of those rooms utilized and explored. I would I doubt we'll see it, but like I would love for them to be in like the president's bowling alley or like, I don't know, the movie theater. I doubt that we'll see any of that, but just utilizing the sets uh, the setting of the White House um, mm-hmm. was uh, something that the episode did well and in- including the tour guide and making that part of the plot to the episode was just strong. Uh, what was your least favorite part about the episode?
1: So I have two thorns I want to discuss. One like completely specific to the episode and one that's also you know, relevant to the episode but more speaks to Corey and the House's issues on a whole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, for the former, the president is a thorn. Like, I think his role in this episode made sense. And, you know, it it was funny what he contributed for the most part. Mm -hmm. But his character, I find completely unlikable. I just, the way he treats Victor and Corey, it makes me not, it makes his jokes not land with me. Yes. And, (laughs) yeah, you go.
0: I was just going to say that he's um, not so much a multi-dimensional person, but we really see, for the most part, one dimension of him, and it's bad.
1: Yeah, very. Yeah. For my latter point, I liked this episode. It's my favorite of the bunch we've seen so far, Mm -hmm. but part of that highlights to me the pacing issues in Cory in the House. Like, Even though I feel like this was a faster-paced episode with less dead air, I feel like the way that scenes move into each other and the setup of scenes doesn't always benefit the episode. Like, as we're going through this episode, we have... It's it's very busy, which means it can get a lot done. But at the same time, it means the stuff that doesn't land, it doesn't land. Yeah. And it's all packed in there, and it's all very cramped. I don't know. Cory in the House is starting to feel like a more like, cohesive TV show, mm-hmm. but it still has that amateur decom style.
0: Yeah, and it's almost like, I think of other Disney Channel original shows, and I think about the way that, like, Hannah Montana has a very clear uh, plot and purpose of, okay. you know, it's a teenage girl who is Miley and Hannah. Like, she's both, and it's living with that dual role and what that looks like for her. Um, and I think that decom shows are really designed to take that, like, basic sitcom with one extra kind of, like, twisted element to make it interesting. With this, it's that Corey lives in the White House, and what does that look like living in the White House? Um, and I do think that the show is like doesn't fully know what that means yet uh it still utilizes a lot of really basic uh sitcom elements rather than diving into its theme and this was something the episode did kind of well but i don't feel like it's fully embraced um so yeah my thoughts on that Um, my thorn was not seeing, uh, well, we saw him, but, uh, I I think Newt still just needs to be more than a punchline. Yeah. He is very funny, but he's also a dynamic character who, you know, he likes his music. He likes to lead, which I guess he kind of was a leader, right? He was the one who was bringing the people down. He uh, was listening to them, so maybe they were using his natural talents for that. But um, I could always always use more Newt. Um, yeah, he's still the standout character. Yeah. So, uh, overall, um, do you want to do our present approval rating first? Let's do our present yeah. approval
1: first before we do the overall rating. Were we at 45 last week or 40?
0: Uh, so, last week we did...
1: I believe we went with 45. Okay. Yep. I'm so on like the American people would not have seen how the president was treating Victor and Corey. Yep. Like they wouldn't be aware of his bad attitude. They wouldn't be aware of how inconsiderate and rude he is. That said, several people did take pictures of a young boy tickling the president of the United States foot. Mm -hmm. Uh, who then revealed himself with his chef in a, the Lincoln bedroom, clearly having slept in it. Yeah. So regardless of whether or not those people all believe National Snooze Week, I think we can assume that some of those pictures went online and some people are reporting on it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a uh, absolute media shitstorm.
1: How much do you think his approval rating is going to drop for this? Um. Oh. Uh I don't know. I I could see
0: a lot of controversy about it. And whether you're on one side or the other, I think people politically don't like controversy. Yeah. Um they would rather things be
1: kind of smooth. I'm gonna and say he's the he's the designated survivor president. He is. Why is he doing this? So don't I, we have enough on our plate.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say that it would be and he talks about he tries to convert it like national snooze week, which is not Anything a president, I don't know. Not something that a president should be making a priority in no. in this universe. I'm going to say it's down to like 30%.
1: I agree. Big, big plummet. This is a bad look for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, between that and then even his interaction with the troll group at the beginning of the episode where he implied that they might steal something from him. Very bad. Bad. We're public. Bad. DC is everything. These are the people who he wants to potentially vote for him in the future and who he's supposed to be looking out for. And he's more worried about his belongings than whether or not they're enjoying their time in the White House. He's a sicko. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm there with 30%. Uh, are we going to lock it in with that? Yep, 30. I'm good with
1: 30. All right. And overall, what would you rate this episode of Corey in the House? So I was originally going to give it an eight. Mm-hmm. After our discussion, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Uh, what, I think yeah, between, why? I think discussing it, uh, you know, it wasn't the funniest episode in the world. For me, the moments that made me laugh, I still think are probably the funnier bits in the show. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, it was just kind of like, it wasn't that I disliked the jokes that didn't land so much. I was just kind of like, okay, they're there. Yeah, but- What I appreciate about this episode is kind of its commitment to smaller moments that don't necessarily need to be there. Like pretty much every interaction between Corey and Victor, Mm -hmm. like they're not really jokes. No, they're quick interactions. They're grounded and they're they're charming. I'd say they're endearing. It helps me buy into the idea that all right, Corey and Victor are father father and son because it's it's not something the show allows to happen often. So I think it's cute that the writers are trying to acknowledge the fact that these two characters and these two actors do have a natural connection. And maybe maybe I'm just attached to that idea too much that mm-hmm. like Kyle Massey and Ronald Sheridan have been working together for so long. But, you know, when you play a father and son for that long, I, I'm going to assume that there's an intimate connection. And I feel like I'm seeing that on screen during their little interactions.
0: Yep, yeah. So I, I don't think that you're overplaying it at all mm-hmm. um, or hoping kind of for more with it, mm-hmm. but I don't think that the show is going to, uh, I don't think that the show is going to ever lean on that as a crutch. Oh no. Which I
1: don't they think should. They
0: should. They should,
1: I, they um, should, but I think they're going to keep a distance from that. Yeah.
0: Um, and instead treat it like uh, almost as if it's a, a new show altogether because they really don't talk too much about, you know, their time before. So for me, I, so I was initially thinking of five and I'm actually still going to stick with my five. Mm -hmm. I think that this is a stronger episode than um, some that we've seen so far that have been really weak. Uh, Like we built this kitty on rock and roll. I felt that this episode, the reason why I want to go with the five is because I felt this episode didn't have that moment for me that mm-hmm. I I felt was was like, now this is Corey in the house. Or th- like, this is a situation that I can't believe Corey got himself into. I think that it had a lot of potential with the idea of, oh, we're going to sneak people in and show them uh, Sophie. But I don't think that that potential was lived up to in how it turned out. And even with the her leaving and then them using Mina that wasn't ever really fully explored. Like, it wasn't... So you kind of wanted, like, the boomer blow-up. I did. I wanted that moment of everything is...
1: was going so right for Corey and now is going so wrong for Corey. I don't because... know. I don't want to see... Th- I, this is your explanation, but I don't want to mm-hmm. see it too often.
0: Yeah, so it, you're right. It might be too much of... Too much of that it might be a bad thing. But... At this point, with what we've seen, to me, it feels uh, feels embedded in what Corey in the house is is having that moment of everything has gone south for Corey, and that never happened in this episode. Even in that final scene where they uh, he goes into Lincoln's bedroom and ends up tickling the president's toes, yeah, it that moment alone feels independent from. The scenario of, or like the
1: comic potential of Sophie meeting all these tourists. You know, and you him. mentioning that it's not like the other episodes we've seen. I th- I feel like that might be a reason why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, just that it wasn't like the Corey in the houses we've seen. It's a bit more variety. It kind of gives me hope that the show isn't just gonna be what it's been so far because. I mean, the Boomer episode, while an improvement, it didn't like, it, I, it didn't resonate with me the way it did with you. Yes. Where it made me, I, I didn't, I don't know. Th- this episode connected a bit more with me. hmm
0: And I, I think that makes sense for all yeah. the reasons that you've said. Structurally, this episode was the most sound that we've had. Yeah. The writing was the most uh, consistent, I guess, from scene to scene.
1: I do think it's important that we acknowledge the IMDb user review, though, before we close out. Yeah. Do you Uh, want to... I have it up right now if you'd like. Oh, perfect. Yeah, go for it. So this was written by the user, Corey in the House. Mm -hmm. This is the only episode they've reviewed. Uh Uh-huh. They reviewed it November 2nd, 2006. They gave it 10 stars. Oh, so big fans of this episode. The title is Loved It, period. Here's the review.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: this episode is about victor being awfully tired from the demanding orders of the tired president Uh meanwhile Corey raises money by giving people a tour of the white house to go on the ski trip with mina instead of stickler when the president's daughter quits mina has to dress up as her what will happen you will have to wait until january i believe is when it comes out winky face this show is great for anyone and is for all ages. It is a spin-off of That's So Raven. Some people acting in Corey in the House includes Kyle Massey, Jason Dolly, Rondell Sheridan, Myra Walsh, Jake Thomas, Madison Pettis, etc. Some people have started saying it was bad when they have not seen it or been to a taping. Do not believe them. It will be a great success. I would give it a million out of ten if I could. Ren, what do you think this is? Did someone break an NDA?
0: who had a lot of money or time invested in the making of this show.
1: Someone went to a taping of this episode so, mm-hmm. confirming that this is not a laugh track. We're hearing it's real people. Uh, they were, so, they loved it so much. They broke their NDA. Like you said, wrote this IMDB review. When, uh, Disney's lawyers confronted them, the Cory in the house showrunners stopped the suit because they loved the review so much. They were like, we, they realized all the negative press that the show was getting.
0: And they said, this is one positive thing that we have going for us is this IMDb review. Finally, a good review. Wow. Um, I love that. I love that this person uh, went on and was vouching for the show. D- is there a time on it for when this review was published? Or because it sounds like it was
1: before the show even aired. Oh, good. It says November 2nd, 2006. Let me see what in the episode. Okay. Aired. Oh, wow. The show didn't even air until 2007.
0: Yeah. So they were uh, clearly on the inside with this one. Oh, so that's, this that's would
1: interesting. Be, well, this would be one of the later episodes in the season, actually. Because if they theoretically wrote this review after seeing the taping, which mm-hmm. was in January, which was in November of 2006, the show itself premiered two months later in January. So, okay.
0: And so, therefore... Theory has weight. Yeah, because they would have probably filmed it later on than, than their earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. They And that's when it aired. It's interesting. Huh. So this... It, and apparently they really loved this episode,
1: which gets it, me. Uh, I wonder if we can... Uh, there'd be, I don't think there'd be any way of hunting this person down.
0: No, not a chance. Trying to figure out what it was like to be at a taping of Corey in the house. I simply must know Corey in the house live taping. I'm gonna just quickly. Oh, there's a video uh, right. of
1: the last last taping ever. Uh, we um, have to that be that has to be our final
0: episode. Yeah, so I think uh, I think what we'll have to do is definitely watch this when we watch the final episode and see what emotions were like on the day of the final taping of Corey in the House.
1: And if it actually matches up with what's with what is the actual finale in syndication.
0: Yeah. Cause I wonder, um I, I also gotta wonder if they knew that it was going to be the last episode when they mm-hmm. did it. Or if it was just to them, all right, the end of the season, we'll see you all next year.
1: <sighs>
0: Corey, Corey, Cory in the House. Uh, is there anything else that you're feeling like you need to say on this episode, ran, or are you feeling like... Yes, actually.
1: I do oh, have cool. one last thing to say. Yeah, what is it? This episode was directed by Eric Dean uh, Seaton, who was the stage manager for all of that So Raven. Oh, so
0: it was someone who, um, to your point earlier, knew the relationship and
1: dynamic between Corey, uh, well, between Kyle and Ronald. And they only, they, they're going to direct 10 episodes total for Corey in the house. This is their first.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I um, feel like that's something that we should probably track more is which episodes are directed by who and see if there's any consistency. Like if you can tell that this is an episode directed by, you know, said person. Hmm. Gotta love it. Um, gotta love it. All right. Well, so uh, I don't have anything else to say about Napper's Delight. I feel like we had a pretty... Pretty healthy discussion
1: about I think this it. The longest episode so far. It
0: feels it, uh, and I think it is as well. I mean, are we? It's hard to think about when I pressed record, but I want to say they're on the like one hour thirty minute mark. Well, we're at the one it.
1: hour forty two mark.
0: Wow, good for us. Yeah, <laughs> All, nearly two hours of Corey talk of, of Corey talk and <laughs> focused specifically on Napper's delight. Uh, I'm pulling we'll up, up right now. next week, Bryce. Yeah, so I'm pulling that up right now to see what do we have ahead of us. Um,
1: it's another episode directed by Eric Dean Seaton.
0: Oh, so it'll be some... Uh, we'll have to see if next week's episode is similar inside to this one. Alright, next week's episode is titled Smells Like School Spirit. So it, it is titled based off of uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Another one of those was this, so I didn't pick up on it. Was Napper's Delight
1: named after a song? I'm assuming it is, but I have no clue which song. Yeah, I have no clue either.
0: Okay, just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing out on anything. Um, but great, so it sounds like we will be headed back to... Rapper's Delight! Oh! Is Rapper's Delight is the, the name of the song that it's uh, based off of? Yeah, by Sugar Hill Gang. All right. We did it. Yeah, we did do it, Ren. All right. Well, if you made it this far and literally, I mean, like, if you made it this far, then I am impressed. Uh, but thank you for listening to our podcast. And uh, if you have a Facebook and go ahead and like us there, we actually do have a Twitter now that I use uh, to tweet at the stars of Corey in the house to try and get them to acknowledge our podcast. So uh, follow right now want to see that you can follow us there as well. Um, but otherwise, thanks so much, and have a great rest of your day. All right, bye. Bye. electric guitar.